church, say amen. amen. Grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter number 5. John chapter number 5, and we'll begin in verse number 1. <clears throat> we are going to look at a story that's probably a very, very familiar story to everyone. Uh, if you grew up in church like I did or you're familiar with Sunday school or church at all, uh, the story is going to be familiar to you. Uh, the main principle of the chapter that we're going to look at is Jesus really picking a fight uh, with the Jewish leadership and the Jews of that day. Uh, but we're not going to get to that tonight. Maybe possibly next week we'll be able to get to that. Uh, we see Jesus healing somebody and the guy turning around and turning Jesus in, outing Jesus because he's afraid of the Jews, the Jewish leadership, and the old religion, the false religion. And uh, I was going to title this the, the porch, the pool, and the pansy. Say amen right there. But <laughs> uh, the Lord wouldn't let me do that. All right. So we, we're going to title it a little different. Uh, today we're going to talk about do you want to get better? Do you want to get better? I know that sounds like a dumb question. It really does. I mean, who would not want to get better? Uh, but it's a, it's a pretty good question. Uh, sometimes, sometimes instead of getting better, we get bitter. And instead of getting better... Uh, we stay in the shape that we're in, and uh, so let's talk about that, all right? Let's, let's look at this story in John 5 and verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these, in the porches, in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, powerless people, people that have problems, people that have issues, blind people, halt people, which means crippled, withered people, which means paralyzed, paralyzed, blind, they're not seeing right, uh, halt, they can't walk right, withered, withered means paralyzed, which means you don't feel, you don't feel, you have no feeling. Uh, how many of y'all know there's a lot of people with no conscience whatsoever? No feeling. But then it, it says this. It says they were withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. And whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there. In the middle of all this crowd, in the middle of all these broken people, in the middle of all these people who had problems and issues in their lives, dysfunction in their life, we find a certain man. Jesus walked around uh, countless people probably to get to this specific man. And it says this man had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, this is where we get our title. Wilt thou be made whole? Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. Isn't that amazing? Not, 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 holy cow, you're walking. 
they were more concerned about their tradition than they were this man being healed and made whole. You can't be doing this. And he answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they him, What man is it that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And, and he that was healed wist not who it was. He didn't even know it was Jesus. For Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, here's, here's, the, here's the last verse. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. Lord, thank you, Lord, for the privilege and the honor it is to be here. Uh, Lord, there's a lot of places and a lot of things everybody here could be doing. But Lord, they come out to hear your word and hear you speak to them. Lord, please don't let them leave disappointed. I pray that everyone here can leave and say, God has talked to me tonight. I pray that you'll use your word to encourage us. Use your word to convict us. Lord, use your word to, to uh, scold us. Use your word to build us. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that we can take everything we hear and apply it to our life and use it for your glory and to, and to, to build your kingdom. Please remove any hindrance. Lord, please remove any, any, any spirit, any bad attitude or anything in myself that will keep me from having your power and your spirit upon me. Lord, don't let me say anything I shouldn't. Lord, don't let me forget anything I should. God, I pray that you'll help us now. Open our ears that we can hear and understand your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Here we find, we find Jesus, uh, really, he is, he is in his ministry. You've got to understand, he's been healing all kind of people. Uh, he's, been, he's been performing all kind of miracles, and he's got crowds like crazy following him. He's literally a rock star. I mean, everywhere he goes, he attracts people. Because of his powerful preaching and because of his powerful miracles, he's doing things that, 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 that the Bible says that they would say, we've never seen it on this fashion before. We've never heard a man speak like this man. No man's ever spoke with this kind of authority and had this kind of power and this kind of ability. If we go back to Nicodemus, Nicodemus says, we know that thou art a teacher come from God because ain't nobody can do what you're doing unless God's with them. Somebody say amen. And so here he is performing these miracles. And, 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 and the bad part about the whole deal is we look at all the people that were healed and all the people that were touched and all the people that were helped. And when it came down to the end, he only had a handful that was with him. Amazing. Why is that? Because sensationalism will attract shallow people. And there was all kind of people that were following him. And it wasn't because of the truth that he had. It was because of the miracles that he performed. They wanted to see a show. They wanted to be entertained. They wanted to see all of the stuff. Maybe get a free lunch or two. Say amen. But now he does something different. And he does it on purpose. Jesus does what he does on this day on purpose. He could have healed this man two days before. He could have healed this man one day after. But he did it on the Sabbath day. What's he doing? He's instigating a fight with the Jewish leadership because it is the Jewish leadership that's going to take him and try him and convict him and crucify him. Are y'all with me? Say amen. You say, was, was he running from the cross? No, sir. He was running to the cross. 
And he used this as an opportunity uh, to, to get the will of God to take place and to be done and so forth and so on. But, but I want to I wanna look more into the story. Before we'll get into all that, hopefully next week, uh, we'll, we'll talk about all that in, in the, the accusation of the Jews and Jesus' response to them in the latter part of this chapter. But I, I want to I focus on the story a minute. And just this man, this man who's been sick for so long. And, and, and so Jesus comes into this place and, and it says it's the pool of Bethesda. Uh, many archaeologists and many, many uh, 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 Bible theologians believe there was basically two pools here and there was five porches around this pool. And, and so here we have Bethesda, which means house of mercy, house of mercy or house of grace. Uh, this is a place where mercy was found. We, we know that, that miracles took place here. We knew that supernatural things took place here. People had been healed here and people had been helped here. And, and this was a place of mercy. But we find this guy, here he is at this pool. And here he is in one of these porches. And Jesus comes up to him. And this man, we know, according to Scripture, he's been sick. He's been in this, this shape. He's older than this, but he's been in this shape. And I know he's older than this. Somebody say, well, he's only 38 years old. I think he was older than that because of something I'm going to show you later on. But anyway, he's been this way for 38 years. 38 years, possibly, he's been sitting underneath this porch. And 38 years, he'd been sick and not able to help himself. 38 years, maybe, that he's been abandoned by his family and his friends and others to, to be in this place. And Jesus comes up to him. Jesus approaches him and initiates the conversation. Here the guy is seeing this, this pool and maybe seeing other people helped and seeing other people healed before he could get down there. And, and, and Jesus says, hey, dude, hey, hey, would you like to get better? Will thou be made whole? You want to get better. You want to change your situation. You want to change how you're living. You want to change uh, your predicament. Do you want to change your situation? Do you want to get better? Does that strike you odd? What kind of question is that? What kind of question is that to ask a man that's been this way 38 years? I mean, you would think, you would think the guy would say, duh. Is any, do y'all think like I do? I mean, come on. What kind of question is that? And, and, and by the guy's response shows the wisdom of the Lord instead of saying, yes, finally, yes, I want to get better. Yes, I want to be different. I'm tired of this stinking porch. Let's get it on. Can y'all see now? That's not, how he, that's not how he responded. He started making excuses. He started justifying the situation. And he didn't even really, he didn't even really answer him. Do y'all see a yes in there anywhere? Now, with that being said, let's look at some things. Let's look at some things in this story that I think will help us. Now, I'm going to just tell you, in the beginning, some of this is going to be convicting. It really is. Some of this is going to be convicting, so we might as well just get, get our seatbelts on and get strapped in because there's turbulence ahead. Say amen. Number one, if you're taking notes or writing this stuff down, I want you to see the porch. 
the porch. Uh, what about this porch? And, and what does the porch represent? I want to apply it this way. The porch in this story represents dysfunction. Now, don't write that in the, don't write that. That's not the point. I'm just going to give you some points before the point. I'll tell you what the point is when I get to the point. Say amen. You get my point? <clears throat> but this porch represents dysfunction. In these porches, there's blind people. In these porches, there's crippled people. In these porches, uh, these several different porches, there's, there's paralyzed people. In other words, it's people with problems, people with issues, people with dysfunction. We are living in a broken world, ladies and gentlemen. We do not live in a perfect society. We do not go to a perfect church. We do not have a perfect city. We have a broken society. We are broken people. Somebody say amen. amen. We are living with a bunch of dysfunction. We've got a lot of problems. And there's a lot of people with a lot of problems. And they're everywhere. And here we find they're in these porches. And the porches represents dysfunction. What do you mean, preacher? What kind of dysfunction? How about addiction? How about addiction? How about bad relationships? How, how, about, how about this? How about poverty? How about, how about, how about uh, bitterness? Mm. Y'all with me? Man, y'all quiet tonight. Usually y'all shouting and hooping and hollering, but y'all must be on the porch. <clears throat> Anger. The porch of depression. All of these dysfunctions that we, we have and we experience and we're, we're living with. Now, now, keep that in mind, what this porch represents. It re represents our dysfunction, whatever the dysfunction is, whatever your issue is, whatever your problem is, whatever you've been dealing with, whatever is in your life right now. I'm, I may have not listed yours, but you got one. Now, here's the thing. I want you to look at this porch. First thing I want you to see about this porch, this porch is crowded. This porch is crowded. The Bible says in these porches lay a multitude of people. This porch is crowded. Say that with me. This porch is crowded. It's crowded with some dysfunctional people. Now, you know what we do when we have a dysfunction? You know what we do when we're dysfunctional? We, know, we tend to gravitate to other dysfunctional people. Have you ever noticed that we usually congregate with people that's just like us? We, we, we kind of, I don't even know how it happens. I, I don't, I, honest to God, I don't know how to, I, I, I've seen people, I've seen people that's been here, I've been here 17, 18 years, and I've, I've seen people that's been here 10 or 11 years, and then people's been here one year, and the one year dysfunctional person found that person has been here 13 years, and they don't wear a badge and say, I've got a dysfunction, but they find each other. Gossipers find the gossipers. Fornicators find the fornicators. Somebody say amen. Troublemakers find troublemakers. They just congregate, man. They just find each other. It's like magnets. We just go. And guess what we do? We hang out with other people that's got our same dysfunction because when we do that, we feel safe. Amen. I'm preaching. 
addicts find addicts. And we crowd ourselves with the people that has the problems that we have. Because that brings us to B. This, this porch is not only crowded, this porch is comfortable. It's comfortable. Now here's the thing. In that day, in that ancient world, in that, in that part of the world and country, it's hot. I mean, it's terribly hot. I mean, it's, it's just like bad hot. Like burn top your head hot. Say amen. And so they built these porches around the pool to keep people. Say that word. Everybody say it. The Bible said they laid up in there. Why? It, it was a place that was. Now watch this. Watch this how this all ties together. Why do, why do dysfunctional people hang out with other dysfunctional people? Why, why do they do that? Why do they find each other and why do they tend to group together? Because it is comfortable. Because they got the same problem I got. They're not going to judge me because they're just as bad as I am. And so instead of seeking help, instead of seeking someone, it's the blind leading. Why in the world? Why in the world would Jesus ask a man, do you want to be whole? It could be because Jesus knows he done got comfortable in his situation. For the life of me, for the life of me. I, I, I've, been, I've been doing this thing a long time and, 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 and I, I've been doing counseling and I, I'm, I'm about ready to give that up. I'm, a, I'm just going to tell you that right now. I'm, I'm so frustrated with all that kind of thing because you see people that will come in, you tell them what they need to do or what they need to stop doing and they won't listen and they won't do it and they go out and screw up their life in a horrible way and it's a train wreck and it's aggravating. Say amen. And I'm venting just a little bit right there. And I see people, I see people, why does somebody stay in an abusive situation? Why does somebody stay in a situation that's terrible? Why does somebody stay in a situation that is crazily dysfunctional? You know why? Because they become comfortable there. And coming out of it is more uncomfortable than it is staying in it. So what will we do? We will just make a bed in our dysfunction. And we will make our dysfunction as comfortable as possible because we've done got used to it. We've been here so long. We've done given up hope about getting out of it. So I'm going to just make it as comfortable as I can be. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to get better? Or are you comfortable? And here's the sad part. Down deep inside, everybody wants to get better. But sometimes we've gotten to the point that we've lost hope that it will be. And it would be more uncomfortable to take the steps to get out of the situation than it would just stay in it and deal with it. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. The porch is crowded. And it's crowded with other people that's just like us. But then, the porch is comfortable. I've just gotten here and been here so long, I'm just going to. But the problem with both of them is that the porch is also confining. 
Because if you stay on the porch, you can't get to the pool. Y'all didn't get that at all. You want to get better? No, man, I try to get down to the pool. Somebody done got there before me. You know why? Because you're hanging out on the porch. The porch is confining. The porch, (laughs) y'all want me to move on? The porch, the porch, the porch. I'd rather stay angry. I'd rather stay bitter. Because I, I see, I can take my situation and I'll nurse it. Y'all with me? I'll rehearse it. Y'all with me? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't look at me that way. You'll keep going over and over and over and over in your mind what somebody done to you. How somebody hurt you. What somebody said to you. And how many of y'all know the more you rehearse it, the better your side got? It's kind of like, it's kind of like old coon hunters and the old coon dog. In reality, when the dog was alive, he wasn't worth a quarter. But the longer the dog's been dead, the better he gets. Mm-hmm. I wish I had a coon hunter in here to say man. Isn't it amazing that we can look at our situation, we can look at the thing that happened to us, and the more we talk about it, the better our side gets and the worse that other person is? The more of an angel we are and the more of the devil they are? I don't want to get off this porch. I'm comfortable. Do you want to get better? Will thou be made whole? Now, watch this. This is not in your notes. I'm going to just throw this in. The problem with congregating with people that's got the same dysfunction as you is instead of of completing each other, you end up competing with each other. And you're good, and you're fine, and you're cool with everybody, Till that person gets out of their dysfunction. I I, 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 I was doing good until somebody got there before me. So now we're competing. That turkey got in, now he's healed, now I'm still crippled. He used to be just like me. Let me apply this. Single ladies are good with other single ladies till that one gets engaged. Now you the enemy. <laughs> How many of y'all have ever heard the, heard the story of the, of the crabs in the bucket? Anybody ever heard the story of the crabs in the bucket? Listen, you, you can't keep one crab in a bucket because they'll climb out. I mean, I mean it's, it's unbelievable how they can climb out. But if you ever can get two crabs in the bucket, they'll never climb out. Because every time one climbs up, the other pull him back down. That's reality. That's not a story. That's not make-believe. And it's one thing, it's one thing, if they teamed up and worked their way out, they could all get out. But if they see one getting out, they'll... 
I'm telling you the God's truth. So what's your point? Christians are the same way. Somebody got there before me. Can you see this guy? And see, here's the deal. The porch, say it with me. The porch is. First thing, first thing, the porch is. Now, can we agree that we, we kind of we gravitate? We kinda, let me give you a verse I put down there. This is great. Look what it says, Proverbs 13, 20. Proverbs 13, 20. He that walketh with shall be, but a companion of shall be what? What is it saying? It is saying here that you are represented by your associations. And, and here's the thing. If you hang out with all dysfunctional people, now you can, you can be in denial and say, I'm not dysfunctional. But guess what? If everybody you hanging with is dysfunctional, Didn't I just read that? We crowd together. Not only is the porch crowded, the porch is also comfortable. We get comfortable in our situation. We just make our bed and we adjust our bed to our dysfunction. And instead of keeping trying to get out of our dysfunction, we just make it comfortable and just decide to stay there. This, this porch is confining. Because when you get too comfortable on the porch, you quit trying to get to the pool. And that may be why Jesus targeted this guy because he's done quit trying to get to the pool. He's quit trying to better himself. He's, he's, he's given up hope that his life will be any better. He's given up hope that he'll ever kick this addiction. He's given up hope that his, his life will ever change for the better. He's given up hope that his marriage will ever be better. He's given up hope that... Y'all with me? Now here's the second thing I see in this story. First we see the porch. But then secondly, I want you to see this. I want you to see the pattern. Everybody that stays on the porch usually has the same pattern. Usually. Not all the time, but most of the time. Most of the time. You say, preacher, what is the pattern? All right. <clears throat> let's, let's, look in our, let's look in our verse. Let's look in our verse. We get down, we get down to verse 5. We get down to verse 5. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Now let me go back up. Let me go back up in verse number 3, and we'll tie those verses into verse number 3. In these, in these porches, in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, a blind, halt, withered. What's the next word? Everybody say it. Say it again. Waiting. What is the pattern of people on the porch? First, it's a pattern of waiting. Waiting. More specifically, procrastinating. What are they waiting on? Lightning in a bottle. Waiting on a miracle. Waiting on, really, if we want to get real with it, waiting on an impossibility. 
Really, I mean, if we want to look at it that way, I mean, what, it's almost like waiting on the lottery. I, I'm just, uh, preacher, uh, uh, I'm tired of my marriage. Okay, what are you doing? I'm just waiting on God to do something. I, 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 I've got this addiction, and I, I, it's just destroying my family. It's destroying my life. Okay, what are you doing about it? I, uh, I'm, I'm uh, waiting, waiting, waiting. How many of y'all have ever had, how many of y'all have ever had the, uh, the condition of fixing to? How many of y'all have ever suffered from that? And if you get real bad at it, you're fitting to. That's when you've been waiting a long time. I'm fitting to. I'm fitting to do that. Amen. I'm going, I'm, I'm going to get around to that. I'm going to get around to making that better. I'm going to get around to fixing that issue. I'm going to get around to getting some counseling. I'm going to get around to stepping out and, and, and fixing that thing that's caused me to be bitter. I'm going to get around to forgiving that person that hurt me bad. I let somebody, I let somebody who done something to me 38 years ago keep me in a bad situation. Something in one moment of time has kept me in bondage for 38 years. Waiting. And the problem is, sometimes we're waiting on somebody else. Well, I'm a, I, when that person apologizes, well, what are you going to do when that person dies? And you never get an apology from them. And don't tell me that don't happen. I deal with people all the time and that's happened. Abused when they was a kid. And, and here they are dealing with the aftermath of all of that. And the person's done dead and gone, waiting on somebody else to make a move, waiting on somebody else to do something to fix their situation, waiting. Well, on the porch, it's a bad place to be, because on the porch, usually we're just waiting. We're, what are y'all doing? We're waiting. Can y'all see this? And it's a pattern. It's a pattern of waiting. Then the second part, <clears throat> the not only a pattern of waiting, but it's also a pattern of wishing. Wishing. Wish in one hand. My hand's in my pocket. I don't know what y'all thinking about. Dirty-minded people. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Let me tell you something. Hoping your situation will change ain't going to change your situation. He, Jesus asked him, you want to get better? I tell you what, I tell you what, I ain't got no man to help me. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing when we've been on the porch for a certain amount of time, we start blaming everybody else for our situation? I'm this way because of what you did. I'm this way because, what is that? That's not taking responsibility. Now, I'm not blaming you for what somebody did to you. I'm telling you, I'm blaming you for what, how you responded to it. Well, preacher, I was abused. There's a bunch of people been abused. Preacher, I've been done wrong. There's a bunch of people been done wrong. 
Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing two sons could grow up in an alcoholic situation, in an alcoholic, abusive, alcohol, alcoholic home, and one of them, and one of them grows up and, and becomes a terrible alcoholic, and the other one grows up and never touches liquor his whole born days, and you'll ask, you'll ask each one and says, man, why did you become alcoholic? He says, well, because my dad was an alcoholic. And he asked the, the, the sober one, why did you stay sober and didn't mess with alcohol? You know what he'll say? Because my dad was an alcoholic. blame let me tell you what you can blame all you want to blame but that ain't getting you off the porch and the first response the first response do you want to get better somebody I ain't got nobody to help me I'm going to preach a sermon that's tied up when pity is the only person at your party (laughs) And I guarantee you, I can be an expert at that sermon. <laughs> How many of y'all like your preacher? There's been times you felt sorry for yourself. Amen. Bunch of lying scoundrels. Don't even act like that. <laughs> I tell you what, if she hadn't a, if he hadn't a, and here we are in a bad situation, and all we can do, and, 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 the, and the worst part about this whole deal, he's just this far away from getting deliverance, and all he can do is make excuses and blame everybody. I wonder how many times God tried to move in your life, and your response to him was an excuse about what somebody else did, and that kept you, from, and, and that kept you on the porch. You see, here's, <laughs> here's the thing. When we're on the porch, there's a, there's a pattern of waiting, just waiting, procrastinating, waiting and waiting, waiting and waiting. I'm just waiting on something to happen. I'm just waiting on something to happen. I'm waiting on something to happen. And then we get we get this pattern of wishing. I just wish something happened. I just wish something happened. Uh, you can you can do like the song says and wish on a star, but that's only in the Disney movie. Say amen. What's it? Where do you get this wishing stuff? He said, I just wish somebody helped me get there. For old Joe got there. Well, if I could just get in there before and just wishing. But guess what? <laughs> wishing kept him on the porch. But there's another part of this pattern. First is waiting, then it's wishing, and then it goes to whining. <clears throat> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You know what? It's sad to say. It's sad to say, but I'd say 60, 60% of the people that come for counseling, they don't want help. They want to whine. I cannot tell you. I cannot tell you how frustrating that is. Well, here's what, here's what, here's what you need to do. Here's what usually happens. They will share with me the issue. And the Holy Spirit's speaking to me. And the Holy Spirit's, and I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. And, and, and I'll listen till I feel like, I feel like God has given me the response that I need to give and the steps that need to be taken to make this happen. And I'm encouraged. Because, because I feel like, hey, God's got an answer. We can make this thing happen. And so, 
I, I, I feel because I want to help people. I'm a fixer. I'm a fixer. That's just the way I'm geared. That's, that's my thing. It gets me in trouble at home. Because my wife is a sharer and I'm a fixer. She wants to share, but I want to fix. And so she shares and I try to fix and she don't want to be fixed. She just wants to share. And I don't understand why she's sharing if she don't want to be fixed. Why are you telling me if you don't want me to do something about it? And all the ladies said, I've made a flat rule. I've made a flat rule. There's several of my family that, 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 that serve up here and, and help up here in various different places and ministries and all that kind of stuff. And, 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 and if stuff, you know, stuff goes wrong in ministry all the time. And there's issues that are frustrating and, and they'll want to come home. And I said, nope, at the door, stop, 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 stop. Don't not talk about it when you walk through that door. If you do, you're instantly fired. I don't want to deal with this at home. And some people come, and as a fixer, I want to fix it. And, and when I feel like I can fix it, I get excited because I can see something in their life getting better and their, their, their situation changing and God getting the glory. And, and when I say, okay, this is what you need to do. Step one, step two, step three, step four. If we'll do that, and this is what I said. But you know what? Let me tell you what else he did. And I know right then, you didn't come to get fixed. You come to tell me how bad your ex is. And you want to get better? Let me tell you my problem. He didn't ask for a problem. He didn't ask why you in your condition. He already knew it. And he knew how long you were there. He just said, do you want to get better? telling you guys the question is do you want to get better do you want to get better or do you want to stay on the porch whining ain't gonna fix it it makes you feel a little better while you're doing it but guess what you'll run out of people to tell because sooner or later people get tired of hearing whining until you find other people like you and the bad part about that is, is you'll start whining to each other and you'll get sick of each other. Be careful about that one that'll talk about somebody to you because they'll talk to somebody about you. Amen. Y'all got 19 minutes more, this guy's. <laughs> whining. Have y'all figured out, have y'all figured out yet by reading through the Old Testament that God really can't stand whining? It's called murmuring in the Old Testament. Murmuring. He sent snakes to bite people. I don't know about y'all, but when that guy brought them snakes out to the little children's program last week he lost me <laughs> and I thought to myself as long as he's up on this platform I'm good but when he come down off of it we're fixing to have a problem <clears throat> y'all with me 
But did y'all notice all the kids was all good with it? Mm, that's a bad sign, guys. When we're dead and gone, this is going to be a snake handling church, amen? It was a bad sign. I don't know where that come from. I didn't even mean, I have no idea. Here's the deal. God sent snakes to bite people and kill people because they were whining and murmuring. I heard a preacher preach this one time. He was, he was talking about Moses. They didn't like what he said. They didn't like how he led. And they didn't like what he fed. Murmuring. I promise you guys. I promise you. I promise you, whining has never got anybody off the porch. Dave Ramsey, he's got a policy in his company, really good. He said, if you are speaking about a problem to someone who cannot solve it, you're gossiping. And he says, you have one warning. And after that is termination. And you know, you think about that. Why would you tell somebody who can't do anything about it if it's not just because you want to? Come on, everybody. Whine. Whining will keep you on the porch. Whining will keep you in your dysfunction. Whining will keep you from getting what you really want that you done gave up on. And all God's people say it. Stop whining about your marriage. Do something about it. Stop whining about things. Do something about it. Where are you getting that from? Number three. Number three. What was number one? Tell me number one. We see the the porch. Number two, we see the pattern. Number three, we see the the principle. What principle? Jesus looks at him. He he ignored the excuses. He ignored, isn't that funny? Isn't that funny or ironic that he never said anything about the excuses? Well, you know, I know. I tell you, that's, that's, I, it's, it's terrible. You ain't had nobody to help. He goes straight to the issue. You thought I've been blunt? What did Jesus say? He didn't, he didn't say anything. The very first thing he said was, get up. Well, he said rise, and, but that's what it meant. Get up. You remember when you remember when Joshua got defeated at, at the city of Ai after they defeated Jericho and they sent in just a, just a few crowd and, and, and they got they got it handed to him. Y'all with me? And he's on his face and he allows him on his face and he you know he's he's whining. Everybody's gonna come see this and everybody's gonna kill us now. You deliverance brought us out of Egypt, brought us out here, nah, 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 nah. And you know what he said? Get up. You know what some of us need to hear in our dysfunction? Get up! Quit whining. Quit complaining. Quit blaming everybody else. Quit ignoring the situation and get up. Get up! Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Three things I want you to write down. First, I want you to see this. 
I want you to see the source. You need to understand your dysfunction. Your dysfunction is not going to end by what man can do for you. It's going to end when you come to Jesus. Are you with me? Man-made deals don't work. You have to understand the source. It is Jesus. It is nothing but Jesus. Only Jesus can fix your situation. Preacher, I've told everybody and I've tried everything. Have you tried Jesus? One of the first questions I ask everybody, have you prayed about it? And most people say, yeah, but, but, but really, they're lying. I'm, I'm going to just tell you. Let me, let me, maybe not, maybe not, but they don't do B. They'll recognize the source, and they know they need to go to Jesus, and they do go to Jesus. Now watch here. What's, what's B? Write this down. Do you see the steps? The steps. Jesus tells him what he needs to do. Rise, take up thy bed. In other words, get a hold of what's had a hold of you. Say amen. amen. Take up thy bed. Pick up what's had you bound. Pick up what's had you bound. Take a hold of what's had a hold of you and walk. Go, walk, get up and walk. You can do it. Get up. Now, now what's, what's the point? The point is this. You got to obey Listen, too many people go to Jesus and Jesus, okay, let me tell you what to do. Wait a minute. What do you mean tell me what to do? I just came here to tell you my problem. I wasn't expecting homework. You mean I got to do something? You mean I? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that boy's looking more comfortable by the minute. That seems awful extreme, preacher. Them steps, that seems awful. Well, do you want to walk or not? Do you want to get off the porch or not? Listen, one of the greatest things that was ever told to me, one of the greatest pieces of advice about marriage that was ever told to me, he says, son, the secret to a great marriage is not love because you're not always going to feel in love. It, listen, it's not what everybody's saying it is. The secret to a great marriage is effort. You have to make an effort. You have to get up. You have to do something. You got to stop waiting. You got to stop whining. You need to step up and do something about your life. So you don't like the poverty you're in. Change your situation. Do something about it. If we was living in Russia, I would understand. But we're living in America where somebody can be just dirt poor and turn into a billionaire. It's Listen, it's possible, but you got to make an effort. You mean to tell me I got to read a book? I got to listen to a CD? See, I make it easy for people. I put stuff on CD, just listen to a CD. And people can't do that. Won't do what I tell them to do and leave and tell everybody in the county, I tell you what, I didn't get no help from there. They didn't help me a bit. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. All, all serious, all serious. What would have happened... What would have happened if that guy hadn't got up? What would have happened if he did not obey what Jesus told him to do? 
Listen, guys, don't think that you're ever going to get off the porch if you're not willing to do what God tells you to do. Sometimes what he tells you to do is so, so contrary. Watch this. So contrary to where you've been for 38 years. It's so opposite of what you've become used to. It is so, it is so, let me use this word. It is so uncomfortable. Let me illustrate it. This person's not even alive now, so, so don't even think you can guess who this is. It's a guy, a guy, him and his wife was having problems, marital problems. And, and, and one of the things was, he's watching stuff on TV, he wasn't something he shouldn't be watching. Y'all with me? I just made a suggestion. Turn it off. Take them channels off the cable. Put one of them, one of them uh, uh, what do you call it, where you got to put in the, in, in, in the combination? Yeah, parental code. Give her the code. Honest to God. Honest to the Lord in heaven. You should have seen the look on the guy's face. It was almost like I was asking him to cut his right foot off. And it was something as simple. I thought it was I thought it was a smoking idea. Amen. It was great. But guess what? He'd been on that porch so long that he thought I was asking the most drastic things. But guess what? They didn't make it. Because he was not willing to take the steps that needed to be taken to get off the porch. Let me let me give you the third one. See, we're gonna get out early. This is a miracle. Yeah, I know I ain't done yet. You had to say that, didn't you? You jinxed everything. Here's the principle of the source, the principle of the steps. We got to be, we got to obey. We got to obey. When God says, do you want off the porch? Do you want to be better? Do you want to change your situation? Wishing it won't change it. Whining about it won't change it. But being obedient to what God says will change it. Now watch, here's the last thing. And this is the biggie. This is the biggie. There's a sin principle. There's a sin principle. Richard, what are you talking about? Watch this. And by the way, you're going to see, maybe next week if the Lord deals or helps us go through this, uh, you're going to see this guy never was converted. Isn't it amazing that you could have an, a crazy, awesome miracle in your life and still not be converted? You'll see. Watch this. Look in verse number 14. All right, let me, let me lead you up to this point. Let me lead you up to this point. All right. This, this place is crowded. <clears throat> this place is crowded. I mean, it's, it's a, a feast day. And I mean, it's just thousands of people. Just, just imagine this huge crowd in the middle of like a, like a town square or something like that. It's, it's what I was looking at pictures of it, of what it looked like back then. It's really cool. But I mean, just crowds of people. Jesus comes up to this guy. He heals him, take up your bed and walk. Now, you've got to understand, Jesus is always doing what he does on purpose. He's got, he's got a reason for everything he does. 
Well, this guy gets up, he picks up his bed. He don't even ask him his name. He don't even know who it is. And when, when, when he gets healed, Jesus just kind of. He gets out. Read it. That's what it means. He disappears. He gets away from everybody. So here we got this guy. He's healed. He's walking. Everybody's looking at him. Man, look at this guy. He's carrying his bed. He's been there 38 years. Did you see what happened to old Roy? And the religious leaders catch him. What are you doing? Uh, you ain't supposed to be carrying that. It's a Sabbath day. Oh, uh, well, uh, uh, well, the guy to heal me, he said to me to carry it. Well, what was his name? Uh, I don't know. He didn't know who it was. Well, later on, he's in the temple. He's in the temple. You say, oh, he's, he's coming to God. No, he's trying to get back in the good graces of them Jews that caught him carrying his bed. Because, see, that, that false religion had a powerful hold on him. But guess what? Guess who came and found him? Jesus came and found him. Now, watch what he says. Now, this is important. This is important. Look what it says. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. In other words, you're, you're physically healed. You're physically healed from the situation. Sin no more. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come unto thee. Now, what is he implying by that? Jesus is implying that he's been on the porch because of sin. Now, here's the deal. Everybody's not on the porch because of sin. You remember, you remember the guy that was blind? And the disciples said, well, who sinned? Because he was born blind. Did he sin or did his parents? And, and Jesus said, Neither. So it's not always dysfunction and being on the porch is not always caused by sin, but sometimes it is caused by sin. And what Jesus is saying, don't go back to what you used to be. Don't go back and continue your lifestyle that caused you to be in your dysfunction. Don't go back to living the life you lived before you got caught, before you had to come to church. Don't go do that. What's he saying? You think living 38 years in a dysfunctional situation on the porch is bad? Die and go to hell and see how bad it is. He's saying a worse thing will come unto you than what you've been through. What's the point? How many people seek God because they want to get off the porch? But when God gets them off the porch, then he can't find them no more. Jesus make sure he knows. This ain't about this ain't about your physical situation. Your spiritual situation is way more important than your physical situation. Preacher, what's the point? Your dysfunction your dysfunction may be damaging your spiritual situation. Whatever that issue is. Everybody knows what it is. You know what? I named off several things. Poverty, bad relationships, uh, depression, addiction, bitterness, anger, unforgiveness. All these things. But you know what? As soon as I said it, the Holy Spirit illuminated in your heart whatever your dysfunction is if you're on the porch. 
Preacher, what's the point? Let's get off the porch. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be better? Then let's do what God says to do. That's the only way to get off the porch. Is to know where how to get off. He's the source. Know the steps. Obey what he says. Just do what he says. And make sure and understand. Let's don't go back to that. If God gets you off the porch, don't go do something stupid again. So I don't like the way you're talking. He said it. You, I, we just read it. Don't, don't. Let's get it. Let's go. Let's walk. Let's stay off the porch. 